What is going on guys? My name is Mac. Across from me, lifelong friend, basketball connoisseur, Garrett Howe. To my right, we got producer, executive, owner of All You Need to Know, the show where you talk about everything, learn about nothing. I think that's the model. That's Quinn right, Eaton. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm just the producer on this show, though. Yeah. This well, isn't your show. No. It's your guys. Anyways, everybody. It's our time. This is a pre-recorded episode. Me and Mac are on heavy business this week. Yeah. Lots to do. Big things coming for the podcast. Very new. But yeah. Going out cool. to meet the fans, actually. Uh, we got one fan already registered. Uh, she goes by the name of my mom. So, shout out shout out to you, mom. And today we're talking about, obviously, NBA Finals. We'll get into some Team USA basketball, but that will be later. And anyway, Gert, we got Game 1, Game 2, Game 3. All down the pipe, done, sent. Not the results we were looking for to the fullest Game three was kind of a meh, but game one and two, man, that really turned out how we wanted it to. Yeah, game one, um, I wish it would have been a bit closer. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went because it's been a week now since it happened. Yeah, we actually but recorded I, our first episode the I night of the game. Think, I think it was an okay game, but the box score, you know, Phoenix wins by 13, so it wasn't uh, super close. And they, they, I mean, watching it, Phoenix did control the entire game. It was never really Milwaukee's game to win. I think once halftime hit, Phoenix really controlled the pace with the help of Chris Paul, who's always been good at that. And they really uh, really didn't let Milwaukee get anything going. Down the yeah, stretch. and I'll rephrase your statement a little bit. I don't really feel like Phoenix was in control. I feel like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton were the ones in control. I think they contributed to, what, 91 of their 118 points or something like that. Uh, you've got... 32 from Chris Paul, I know, 27 from Devin Booker, and 22 from DeAndre Ayton. I didn't go to college. My math was very quick. But, yeah, they contributed a lot of points. That's all we need to know. That is what we need the most. Um, what else we got here? We've got game two, man. Giannis straight backpacking the team, even though they lost. I really felt bad for the guy going through game two. You know, he's got 42 points on the game. He only missed seven, or yeah, he only missed seven field goals the entire game. That's nuts. But then again, it's kind of expected for a guy that rarely shoots a shot outside 15 feet. Uh, and you've got PJ Tucker, who didn't really contribute uh, what whatsoever. You know who else sucked? Who? Drew Holiday and Chris Milton. Oh uh, yeah, they combined for 12 makes and they shot 37 times. Yeah, they it was just as horrible efficiency, which is really, it really just makes me feel like an idiot because game one, uh, first episode of the podcast, if you guys watched it, if not, go check that out. I said that Chris Middle, or I said that Drew Holiday was that guy. He was efficient, you know? He would get you shots and he would make them, and game two, he just did not make them. He sure did not. I mean, let's go back to game one. He also didn't make shots there either. Yeah, he... He went 4-14 in game one as well. So for the first uh, two games, he hit 11 shots on 35 attempts. Yeah, which, I mean, to be fair, that is your first time in the finals. And he probably feels like he has a chip on his shoulder considering he's, what, a 10-year pro, 11-year pro, something along the lines of that, you know. It can't be easy, especially when you see game one and you see a starting five with an average age of... Extremely young. I'm not even going to try to guess, but extremely young. And they're playing well above their age, too. Yeah, you can't tell you, that they're experienced. Yeah, you've got Devin are. Booker, who looks like a veteran out there. And Drew Holiday's probably just overwhelmed at all this. And, you know, you had Giannis, who didn't exactly perform that well in Game 1. So he definitely felt like 
maybe it was his opportunity or his time to, you know, take that mantle to really, you know, carry Milwaukee. And I mean, this is it, man. Like, this is what you dream about shooting hoops as a kid in your driveway. You know, you want to play in the NBA Finals, and now Drew Holiday's here, and he probably, over some time in his career, thought he wasn't going to get there. Because he's making, you know, he's making superstar-type money. And yeah, he's a good player, but he's not putting superstar-type stats up. And when you combine those, you're just not really going to be on a contender. I mean, yeah, Drew Holiday is not a superstar, really. He's no. an all-star. Oh, yeah. Most most years he is. This year he was, for sure. Uh, Pelicans years, iffy. But he is an all-star for sure. And he delivered to an extent. I mean, he still had nine assists, seven boards in game one. Game two, he had five boards, seven assists. I mean, he still delivers. But it's like we talked about in our little pre-final show. He, yeah. needed, he needs to only miss three, four, five shots. He yeah. cannot be... Yeah the primary ball handling He's, guard and missed that many shots. And when you think about it, I I kind of called it in a sense. I said that Drew Holiday was that guy that's opposite of the spectrum. You know, he's either going to be super efficient or he's going to get in his head and just shoot 30 shots and only make four of them. And sure enough, game one and two, that's exactly what he did. And even in game three, man, he didn't, he looked better. He He definitely shot well from three, and I think that's what saved him. He had a big third quarter. Yeah, that is what really because Phoenix brought it back to I think a six. They were only down six at one point. I think it was seventy-one to seventy-seven. And Drew Holiday had a had a lot of big buckets down the stretch there to really extend and pretty much guarantee Milwaukee was going to win that game. Because regardless of Phoenix coming back, it was not from the help of Devin Booker. Yeah, he was awful. Yeah, that's and when that, you that's text awful. me when Phoenix was on their little run and they were coming back right before Drew Holiday put the nail in the coffin. You said, here come the Suns in all caps. And, and I was what? like, they they didn't really come. You know, what's funny is awesome. I thought, I was like, maybe I shouldn't text them this because then it's going to ruin it. Lo and yeah. behold. Sure enough. It sure, sure enough, they ruined it. it. But, I mean, he was second highest scorer on the Bucks. Giannis doing Giannis-esque things. Really impressed with him for only shooting two threes. Considering usually when he gets in that zone and he starts, you know, taking over a game... He'll start pulling those threes, and it just doesn't really look good any amount of the time. Game three is the dominant Giannis that everybody knows and kind of enjoys. I still don't, but most people like the Giannis that goes for 41 and 13 and doesn't shoot threes. Mm -hmm. Why not stick to your game and be dominant and just kind of stay away from something you're just going to waste a shot on? It's not. It's dumb. That's what I've never understood about him trying to shoot more at this point. It's because he knows he's not going to. I mean, he doesn't know he's not going to hit. He thinks he's going to hit, but he's, he can't. Yeah. He, he cannot hit. He made a ton of free throws game three, though. That didn't, impressed he, didn't he shoot almost 20? Didn't he make 20 free throws or something? Or how many free throws did he make? Don't have that on tap. Have zero. That's my yeah. job. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the lookup man's job. Yeah. Uh, but I, some, Well, I noticed watching game three, Giannis, for the year, was shooting like 70% from the free throw line. That's LeBron right there. Mm-hmm. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, you shoot 55 I don't know what the drop off is. Yeah, but you can't go from regular season that really is not important compared to the playoffs, and then shoot fifteen percent worse. Yeah, that is not good. Yeah, because he's going to the line all the time. Even seventy percent is not that great, but it's good enough. You know what I mean? Like if you're hitting seven out of ten free throws, you're you're not losing your team the game at the free throw line by any means. So when you're going two of ten, yeah. 
Because I'm sure he's gotten close to that a few times. Oh yeah, he probably definitely has. But let's talk about let's talk about the people that didn't really perform when they needed to perform. First thing that comes to mind, I'm going back to the first game. Jay Crowder, man. Thirty three minutes, one point. This was a guy that I praised last week. I said he was the role player. He was that guy when it came to role player status. And I guess it's just the press breaker curse or something, but he shot 0 of 8, which props on him for stop stopping the shooting because that's what he needed to do. Didn't even record an assist. Got nine rebounds, however. That, that was and nice. honestly... When you look at Jay Crowder have a bad stat line like this, it's probably not as bad as it looks because he was probably defending very well. You know, that's a lot of a lot of defenders don't get credit because they don't show up on the stat sheet as much. Their impact isn't really um, it can't be tracked by numbers. You know what I mean? I mean, you have steals and blocks, but that's really it. And he put up 1 point in 33 minutes. You've got to do better. Luckily, though, you know, we had Booker, Paul, Aiden. They were all going off. But same thing with P.J. Tucker, man. If you're a starter playing 33 minutes and you're only getting seven points in a finals game, you got it. You got to go to the bench, man. You got to bring Bobby, Bobby Portis in or something. Poppy Portis. I think they've started doing that a little more, though, because P.J. A. can't guard DeAndre Aiden. Oh, no. The, whoever decided that P.J. Tucker can actually play center after the Rockets made this terrible experiment is just a buffoon because yeah. he can't. Mm-mm. He's like it's like Patrick Beverly trying to guard LeBron or Kevin Durant. He can't. Yeah. He tries and he can't. <laughs> he, he said that in that post game interview. It was like it's KD man. We tried, but like, yeah, if, was on if the there's a multiple inch height difference, it's not happening. Yeah, it's just, it can't. <clears throat> so it's like except that one time Isaiah Thomas blocked out Javale McGee. Do you remember that on Shaq yeah. to the Fool like twelve yeah. years ago? Oh, were you guys was... just talking about game one because game three Jay Crowder had. What, yeah. 18 points? Yeah. We're yeah. around. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about game one right now. Uh, Did you find the free throw stat? Uh, yeah, he shot 13 of 17 free throws. That's good for Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very really solid. Good. That's very good for Giannis. I'm very proud of him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he really cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very proud. Uh, uh, he listens, yeah. Uh, oh, to Jay Crowder's defense in game one. I don't know if it was that great or not, though, because Giannis still had 20 and 17. And Chris Milton still had 29. And that's who he's going to be guarding the most. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. That's fair. But I'd rather Giannis have 20 than 42. Uh, Very, very good point. Uh, I am curious as to why Giannis only took 11 shots in game one, though. It's interesting. First finals game ever. You know, sure. he was probably just feeling it out. It, obviously, it paid off because... Everybody he, else played well. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody else played well. The Bucks played a good team game in game one. You really just can't take anything away from them there. They just happen to get outscored. I mean, that's the name of the game, score more points than the opponent team. And uh, I also think that in game two, they played a very well uh they played a very well team game. Now this the point stats aren't gonna show it, but I was watching it and they were passing the eye test when it came to ball movement. They were getting the ball around. They made sure to get Giannis his shots, but if it wasn't there, they looked other places. And although they missed those shots a lot, they still got there and they still took the open shots, and it looked good. I agree. I'm looking at the score here, and I'm really confused on how Phoenix won this game. The more I look at it, they only hit one more shot than the Bucks. 
but the Bucks hit five more threes. What was the final score? Uh, one eighteen to one hundred five. So they scored. They, they scored more points than the other team. That's how they won. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Listen, hey, I understand. I told you, bro. That's the name of the game, man. I understand. It just is kind of blowing my mind here because uh, the Bucks only had four more fouls as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. If, they, to, if, that, if that was all for free throws and they make it, that's still only eight more points. I'm not so gonna I'm lie just, to you. I yeah, cannot make this up. Blowing my mind. I just realized, PJ Tucker has scored seven points in every single game in this finals. He has a total of 21 points. Which, Consistency. I mean, uh, in game... we might have to give the press breaker okay, okay. most consistent player award to P.J. Tucker instead of DeAndre Ayton, man. Uh, yeah, give a round of applause five. for P.J. Tucker, man. Uh, seven game one, points. Game one, three of six, one of two from three, seven points. Game two, three of five, one of one from three, seven points. Game uh, three... Three of five, one of two. Hey, three, he's gonna get points. those three shots, man. He's and gonna then get one. Those. One charge. He swore that he had at least one charge in game three. That's that, ooh. Um, let's talk about that for a minute, my boy. UNC's fine. Well, not finest. I won't say that, but a very good UNC player, Cam Johnston, just two dribbles, elevate. Ooh, put PJ Tucker on a poster. I'm gonna get a friend in my room. I swear to God. What a. I mean that was pretty. That was insane. I don't know. Oh, it was a it good was, dunk. It was a I very didn't see good. It coming. I, oh, I really no, nah, dude. I thought he was gonna I, shoot I some floater or a leaner or something. I don't know. I really thought it was just gonna be one of those things where he goes up like to get the big cool dunk and then he just falls. Oh yeah. He's not yeah, expecting yeah. the contact to be there. Yeah. Insane. Dude, I guarantee you, halfway up there, he was like, "Wait, I'm actually gonna dunk this," and then you know, adrenaline just takes over and he yams it on him. Because, but yeah, because how many of those actually ended dunks? Like None. Minimal. Yeah. Like minimal very, very minimal. Because PJ was out there too. I mean, he. I mean, he was close to the charge circle, but he wasn't in it. So I mean, yeah, it was. It's tight. Definitely, definitely an amazing play. And when I saw it, I was like, that actually just happened. But who better? Let that be a sign, Mike Budenholzer. Please take PJ Tucker out of the paint. He he just can't hang down there. He just can't. He's a good defender. Very good defender. But it's not going to work in this series. And if you want to win, then you're going to have to put him somewhere else. What, what should he have done in that situation? If I mean, Cam Johnson's coming at him full head of steam. I feel like the best thing he could have done is try to take a charge. Because if he contests, he's still probably going to foul him. Oh, yeah, you only have two options. Charge or move. Or just get out of the way. Bro, it's the finals. Get out of the way. It's two points. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, like, come on, and man. And that was also in the game that they're all. smacking them. Yeah. This is also game three where the Bucks controlled the entire time. <laughs> yeah. It was never close. Uh-uh, uh, no. Outside of the stretch in the, fourth, in the third quarter. Cam and Johnson was, absolutely played great in game three. He's been playing great. Yeah. He's been playing he's, really well. He's been playing really consistent. He can do a little better at taking, uh, taking those threes. I mean, he's shooting a good percentage, but I feel like he's passed up a lot of shots. I understand him doing that, though, because it, it all depends on who he's on the floor with, and he's almost always going to be on the floor with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, or DeAndre Ayton, like a mix of those three. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he passes up, but he does need to just pull it because yeah, every game yeah. he shot at least – yeah, he shot – Shot 50% in one of the games. I know it was only four threes. He shot 50% in game one and two. And yeah. He didn't shoot as well in game three, but he still scored 14 in game three. Yeah, but disappointment – was struck on the Phoenix side of the table with Mikael Bridges, who, once again, is a player that we praised last week on the inaugural episode. But he just 
I mean, 27 minutes, four points, two assists, two rebounds. Didn't make a three, which he's no marksman or sharpshooter by any means, but I feel like he should be at least knocking down one or two threes a game. He's in the corner for a reason. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're starting on a finals team and you're that young defensive spark plug, you need, I mean, you probably need to be putting up a little more on the offensive end, especially when Devin Booker can't pull his weight. And especially when, I mean, even most of your big three, all of your big three, I'm just now realizing the uh, the lack of shots they took. Yeah, so DeAndre Ayton's problem, he had five fouls with ten minutes left in the third. Yeah, that, that he was, was his problem. He wasn't, it was impressive to me that he almost had a double-double. Yeah, he Because was he was off the game. floor. I mean, 24 minutes seems like an overshot for me. Mm-hmm. It did not seem like he was on the floor that much. And, uh, yeah, back to Mikel Bridges, though. That was his first bad game of the finals, though. But oh, yeah. it is important that he does step up in that game because that is when they need it. Yeah. Like, in games, in game two, they need him to score 27. But Booker still scored 31. Chris Paul still scored 23. Like, it wasn't essential. But, like, in game three, they needed him to hit more than two shots. And yeah. More than yeah. you know, threes. And I mean, that's just the game of basketball, right? It's hard to string it all together at the same time, you know. I mean, it's a game of runs and it's a game of ups and downs. And at the end of the day, if you can't put the ball through the rim, you need to count on your teammates to do it. And they just couldn't that game. Which, statistically, I mean, it's a game three. Phoenix can't be that confident. I mean, obviously they can be confident. They're up 2-0. But statistically speaking... Teams that are down 0-2 in the finals most likely win game three. Especially at home, too. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, sp- yeah. They're coming off two tough games, and they're like, okay, we played them close, and now we're at home. So this will you know, give them the boost they need, and it does. I mean, it did. It probably, I don't know what I think will happen tomorrow night for game four. I'm a little iffy on it. Things can go either way. Yeah, I'm sad we're not going to be able to watch that either because we'll be out on business. Out on business. But, uh, right. The rest of the roster, besides Jay Crowder in Game 3, shot 3 for 24 from the 3. So Jay Crowder shot 6 for 7, scored 18 He pulled it together. Hey, yeah, he so pulled it together big time. Maybe, hey, maybe if we dog Jay Crowder this episode, maybe he'll just go off for like 55 or something. Be like Mo Williams, just a random 52-pointer. That was, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was nuts. Something I've noticed that we talked about, I, I put out as one of the main points. I can't remember, did I put it out? Remind me. It was about boards. Did I say that for Milwaukee? Or did I say that for Phoenix? I think I said that about Milwaukee. Yeah, I think you did. Okay, well, they've controlled the boards every single time. Yeah. They've won the board battle every single time. And yeah. I think that's the reason they were so close in games one and two. One of the reasons. And obviously, they smacked them in game three. And I mean, I guess going back to the whole P.J. Tucker thing, I guess that's why you can afford to have him out there. is because you have Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who can rebound very well. So, you know, you kind of sacrifice your rebounding and interior defense with your power forward position by putting Jay Crowder out there. But at what point does it become not worth it? And also, thinking about it thinking about it as well, uh, P.J. Tucker might be the shortest dude in the Bucks' starting lineup anyways. So, like, yeah. they, have a, they have a good infrastructure around him to make up for his lack of ability athletically uh, and height-wise. How tall is P.J. Tucker? 6'6", six, six, right? He's listed 6'6". Six, six. You know, a couple years ago we found out that might not be exactly what they are. Yeah, that, so, that whole... So, Drew Holiday is, like, somewhere between 6'4". Six, six, yeah, six. that He's whole, like, like... I don't want to call it a scandal because nothing bad came out of it, but the, the leak that, like, 
Kevin Durant is listed shorter than Boogie, but is actually taller than him. That whole like whirlwind of heights that might have been wrong. Just I don't know who's what anymore. You know what I mean? All I do know is Kevin Durant is taller than maybe every center, but like three. Oh yeah. So did you know he wears an extra shoe size up whenever he's playing basketball? Why? I don't. There was a there was an interview that said he. I think he wears regularly a size thirteen, but he wears fourteen in basketball shoes. And if you go back to that last game of the Bucks Nets series, he shot that three and his toe was on the line. So if but he, if was, he was wearing a size thirteen, it wouldn't have been a size thirteen. He might have. I'll won the game. be darned. Interesting. That, you think you think he'll quit doing that now? That's no. some food for thought right there. Yeah. Like Phoenix or not Phoenix, Brooklyn could be in the finals right now if KD just manned lost. up and didn't lie about a shoe yeah, size. Lost by a shoe size. I feel like that's dangerous. We had a kid. Like, we had a kid in middle school. I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to blast anybody. Y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. I'll tell you after the show. Kid was in like seventh grade. We were in gym class playing basketball. And this man comes out with like size 13 foot. And he's like five foot six maybe. And uh, he was just. Uh... No. He's, he's trying to write names. He's trying to write names on a piece of paper for me. No. But it's fine. No, but that. anyway, it just reminded me of that because dude was just tripping all over the place because he was in clown shoes. But anyway, back on topic. One more thing I wanted to cover was Bobby Portis. And I know I've said his name a lot in this episode already, but I test game three looked so good. Looked like he actually belonged in the league because a lot of people were doubting it there for a minute when he was with Chicago, right? Is the end of his Chicago tenure, and then he went to New York and kind of uh, yeah built himself back up. Yeah, but uh, he looked really good, man. He's not, if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of on the shorter side for a center, right? Yeah, he's a power forward. Yeah, okay. I mean, they, they play him a center, but he's a power but forward. He plays a lot taller than he is, and he will fight for any rebound, and he will cut, which is what the Bucks need insanely. Giannis is posted up, or not posted up, but he's sitting top of the key. You know, they're working the ball around. They're getting Chris Middleton on the wing. They're getting Drew Holiday doing some off-ball screens, which is really weird. Drew Holiday sets a lot of off-ball screens, but you don't see a lot from a point guard, but I guess it's just because he's so big and so tall that I guess they can afford to do that. Mike Budenholzer is a great coach. He gets a lot of flack, but he wins. You know, like he's always winning. Yeah, he brought Atlanta that 61 season, right? Mm -hmm. That was him. And then he got a big Which, paycheck. Did they get swept by the Cavs that year? Yes, they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Everybody saw that coming, though. Yeah, but anywho, Bobby Portis, man, I think you've got to give him more minutes, and I think you've got to give him more opportunities. He will cut to the basket, and it just it seems like he never runs out of energy. It, it, just, it just seems like he's always there. He's always willing to make a play, and he's always willing to do the dirty work to get his team ahead. It's a good thing and a bad thing because he comes in with a lot of energy, and he kind of just starts running around the court the court and yeah, yeah Budenhoser you know, probably wishing that he didn't uh, yeah uh I noticed that in game two Bobby was really going all around the court like you said and he was getting cooked mm-hmm. uh Chris Paul broke him down that one time made him look silly literally yeah. put ice blocks on him on his feet mm-hmm. and then there was another time Chris Paul came down to get us when Chris Paul was on that crazy stretch it yeah. might have been game one actually no it's game two where he uh then step back in Bobby's face and just banged a three. Yeah. Oh, dude, speaking of Chris Paul, I'm so glad you said that. Game three, first half, Chris Paul 
was the actual embodiment of getting to your spot and getting the shot. He took so many one dribble pull-ups from mid-range and it seemed like he drained every single one of them. And then I look and he's only got like 10 points, but he's shooting five of six from the field. And I'm like, I know I just watched this man body the entire Bucks team. How does he only have 10 points? But that's the weird thing about basketball, right? You think somebody's doing a lot when they aren't really, which to be fair, 10 points in a quarter is still extremely solid. solid. Yeah, very I like, good. I like how the mid-range jumper's coming back. You know, yeah. it was very big in the MJ era. Mm-hmm. Kobe was very good at it, T-Mac. And then it kind of got phased out then for a Mar-Dorosen while. Then DeRozan gets good at it, and everybody clowns him for it. Everybody quits. Yeah. Everybody quits. That's, that's, the, that's three season that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And DeMar was, could not shoot threes. Mid-range, mid-range, mid-range cheese, though. And I, I think like it has to do back, I think it has to do with the Warriors dynasty. They started coming in. Everybody wants to shoot threes because look at them. They're winning games shooting threes out here. Now that they're $400 million Nobel luxury tax and can't pay anybody, but except maybe their ball boy, they... Stop shooting threes, and now the whole league stops shooting threes. It's. I think another point with that though is really not even the Warriors, but everybody kind of realized not everybody can shoot threes. No matter how many people, like everybody trying to make everybody shoot a three, it's not going to work out. Oh yeah, no. like I think everybody realized how much of a pain it can be to want that many threes rather than just get your spot, get your shot, and hit it. Yeah, like forcing. I mean, Phoenix in Game Three hit, shot thirty threes and hit nine. Yeah, I mean they have a lot of shoes on the team, but it's like a force at that point. Yeah, forcing thirty threes is not, it's not ideal. Yeah. I'd rather have Devin Booker or Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton step in, shoot a mid range jumper that I know they're most likely going to hit. Yeah, unless it's Brooke Lopez and you got him thirty three out banging like a Cherokee drum. From thirty feet, Brooke Lopez can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he, he's Leave got him. the green light. He Leave he's him. certified green lighter. All right, I think we've covered that pretty good. Let's move on to the Team USA debacle oh no what is our great nation of basketball players coming I, to personally i don't think it's that big of a oh no dude they're fine i don't know why see, yeah they're fine this is because i was i wasn't unsure of it i didn't know they were happening i was like all right so were they exhibitions and somebody's like yeah they were i was like okay then what's the what's the deal they're just following the same path the dream team did i mean it's really not a big deal and also you gotta think these dudes have not really stopped playing basketball like they're not It'll be fine. It's not a big deal, and they have they play decent rosters, like better than you would think. Oh yeah, dude. I don't think it's a case of the USA. Well, they're definitely slacking. I will say that, but I don't think it's a case of like the USA getting worse or anything. I think it's just the rest of the world getting better. You know what I mean? Because NBA pushes for their uh, diversity program, and they go to all these countries, and they just you know influence people on the game of basketball, which is great. Love it. But then you have these teams like Australia who have, if I'm not mistaken, no, 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 it's Nigeria, sorry. Nigeria has eight active NBA players, and then you have people like Ekpe Udo, who is a former NBA player, and a very decent role player at that. And then you have at the end of the bench on Nigeria, just just to clear it up for the fans out there who who haven't really watched the USA games, the end of the bench for Nigeria, zero minutes played, is Jalil Okafor. Now I get he's a meme, but he's a good player. Can't he's be a Sanjil for. Got to be an imposter. He's a fine player. And that Gabe Vincent guy, I was watching the game. That Gabe Vincent guy was banging. He he only played, what, 18 minutes and scored 21 points? That's a per 36 of 42 points. That's nuts. I think the big thing with these exhibition games, too, is 
all these people on the USA roster have dominated the league for years, are dominating the league. Everybody on the Australia roster or the Nigeria roster are younger dudes or older dudes whose time hasn't come or time has passed, and they're trying to take advantage of the opportunity they've got. They are going to play the hardest they've played in a long time yeah. to show up the USA team because the USA has always dominated or played very well in the Olympics or FIBA or whatever it is. So everybody wants their opportunity to show that they are not unbeatable, like they are not an untouchable uh, team. I saw that the Team USA guys, especially I think Jason Tatum was quoted saying that he is not used to FIBA officiating because they're not calling a lot of the touch fouls. The I saw that. I think I think the I think the very uh, trigger happy or whistle happy, I guess, would be the right word for this situation. I think the whistle happy nature of the NBA is really hurting these guys when they get to FIBA because they're not going to call that stuff. They're not doing it. They're not doing it for entertainment purposes. They're seeing who the better basketball team is. And it's really the rules. I was reading some Rob Perez and Jared Dudley tweets today. Jared Dudley was saying that it all starts at the top. Like the NBA refs blow the list so much because of their rules. FIBA has a different set of rules with fouls and stuff, I believe, mm-hmm. to where they just they are not required to blow the whistle as much. They do not see not have the same foul criteria. Yeah. And Jared Dudley was saying in his tweet that he has literally started to tell refs, you, I mean, you've got to quit calling it at some point. Because mm-hmm. most of the time, when you really watch a replay of a foul, it's not a foul. Yeah. There's a minimal contact, and that's yeah. it. I'm really talking about, like, regions and stuff like that. Because, obviously, there's the new landing zone thing, which I think was a good rule change. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I gets, like that rule. That gets abused, but it's still a good rule. They do have to do something about these touch region fouls, though. They, yeah. They've got to fix that. Problem. Any rule you have, though, is going to get abused. People are going to mm-hmm. find ways around it. That's just how life works. It doesn't matter what it's in. If there's rules, you're going to find a way to bend that without breaking them. I think I think what Team USA needs to do a lot more is shoot threes. I noticed they didn't shoot that many threes in their game. And I think the I think the reason why they need to is because, if I'm not mistaken, and Quinn can look it up if he wants, sure. I think the FIBA three-point line is two or three feet closer than the NBA three-point line. So you think they'd hit more? Yeah. And or if, shoot more. And if, if y'all watch the 2012... The reincarnated dream team, or whatever they called themselves, the red, or no redeem team was 2008, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. anyway, the 2012 team, Kevin Durant, and I believe Carmelo Anthony and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Kobe Bean. He they made so many threes in the first half against their game, or in their game against I think Lithuania. It was one of their openers, Lithuania, Argentina, something like that. And I think if you're gonna dominate in true USA fashion. You just got to start banging those threes. And they got Bradley Beal. They got Kevin Durant. They got Zach Levine. Jerry Grant's a good piece. Yeah. They got, they've got they got people that can shoot the pill extremely well. Same with Argentina. And I think that may be why Argentina won because they Australia. got shooters. What did I say? Argentina. Oh, I meant Australia. Sorry. You That's probably why. saw a picture of Luis Scola playing for Argentina at 45 and you got confused. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the NBA three-point line is twenty-three feet nine inches. The FIBA uh, three-point line is twenty-two feet one point seven five inches. It's okay. so about a foot and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. about a foot and a half, which uh, that's probably a big difference. You know, you see a lot of people hitting deep range twos in the NBA nowadays. So I mean, it's just like shooting that. And you know, you got Kevin Durant, who's a veteran and been on the uh, he's been on the USA team before, so. You just got to take control, and I don't think Kevin Durant did that enough. I think he needs to go out there with the intention of dropping 40. 
I agree. And then if that's not working, then you find your other options like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. I know what he's got to do. Shave his head. That worked. That worked back in the day. I uh, yeah, sure. It was ugly, but sure. it worked. Yo, dude, he needs to do something, man. His hair is just not it. Get plugged or something. LeBron did something. You make fun of LeBron for doing it, but it worked. Yeah. Well, even LeBron's hair has looked kind of rough recently, but you have to... You'd, you would hate to be in their position because a lot of the camera angles in the NBA are from a little bit Oh, yeah, they're hour. definitely degrading so, uh, camera angles. Like, be, I don't even know. He's got bad hair, too. Second, uh... Mark something. I didn't know there was a secondary commissioner. The guy that does the last 30 picks of the draft. Oh, dude, I know him, bro. He'll be the new commissioner Mark when Adam Price? Silver. No, 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 Mark Price is the old Cavs guard from the 90s. Oh, dude, that's true. Yeah, well, Mark Tatum. Me up on Mark that. Tatum. Mark Tatum, dude, that's what it is. Yeah, he's got not great hair either. Yeah. But he'll, yeah, he'll be the new commissioner in a few years. But yeah, I don't think the USA stuff's a big deal. They'll bring it all out when they have to. Oh, yeah. When the real games start happening. But, I mean, when does that start? Do we know? I've got zero clue. I will look it up. Yeah. That's my job. All right, and while he's looking that up, I'm going to introduce a segment that we're going to start rolling with and finishing up with every show. And that is, uh, Mac, remind me of the name, because we feeling changed the name. Feeling it, bro. Feeling we got to be feeling it. Yeah. You know. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? This is Are essentially, you feeling it? this is essentially just going to be, we're going to go through, you know, X, X amount of things. We've got three today. And they're basically like, would you rathers or this or that, and we're just going to go over them. And we're gonna tell, or we're gonna tell y'all what we're feeling. You know, whether it be, are we feeling blueberry crepes or are we feeling vanilla Coke? Sure. What yeah. a! I don't think that's going. Uh, and right just now. just to jump back before we get started yeah. with this segment, which is called "Can You Feel Are it? You Feeling? Are You Feeling? Are You Feeling?" Okay. Um, the USA basketball team starts playing Olympic games on the twenty fifth, so they start off with France. Whoa, that's next week. France, baby. Bonjour. That's a W. Yeah. All right, so, Gert, give me the first one. I'll tell you what I'm feeling. Chris Middleton or Giannis? Man, now, if we'd have been last week and I was still on my Giannis hate train and I still thought Chris Middleton was the guy, I'd probably tell you Chris Middleton. But after seeing the 42-point and the 41-point performance from Giannis, I think I'm feeling Giannis, man. What, what do you got to say about it? What are you feeling? It's tight. It's a tight race for me because Chris Middleton brings in three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. But even with his three-point shooting, Giannis can score just as much. Chris Middleton can pass better. Giannis can rebound better. I mean, they both do things great, and they both have some things they can improve on. Like, Chris Middleton can be a little more efficient. Giannis can shoot better. All that kind of stuff. But I think, I don't know, it's, it's very hard for me because I think what I would try to break it up with is defense. Well, they both defend well, too. Mm-hmm. And they're both all-NBA defensive team caliber players. So I think for right now, I'm going, the way with the way the league is, I'm going to lean towards Chris Middleton because he is 3 and D and, and some. And his game translates yeah. to what the league is going towards so a little I, better. I think for now... I would say Chris Middleton, but let's say Giannis does get a little more efficient from three, where he can shoot, where he can hit two or three. But, again, yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right. <clears throat> so, Mr. Gert and Quinn, feel free to chime in yeah, if you, you want. Chris Middleton or Giannis? What are you uh, feeling, bro? Giannis, for sure. 
Yeah, okay. he's yeah. feeling Giannis. He's with me. Easy. So that's two for Giannis, one for Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a better closer, right? But you need Giannis to get you to the end of the game. Because yeah. it's like, okay, time to put my big boy pants yeah, on. Time so. to hit the shot. Giannis yeah. is the journey, but Chris Middleton is the destination. And, I mean, just to, just to add, Giannis looked like he had some sort of injury that was going to keep him out for possibly the rest of the finals, right? And I think game two, or, or before, no, it was the, in it was the last before, series. Game one yeah. of the finals was his first game back in three games. Yeah, and mm-hmm. for him to come back, and he had two, 40, or two straight 40-point games, right? In game two and game three. Game one, he did have twenty only 20 points, but he had 17 boards also. Yeah, so, yeah so that's clearly true. Clearly, he's got a, a pretty big impact on the game. He has a huge impact on the game. All right. So what are y'all feeling, Gert? I'll start with you. Giannis in this series, by the way. Giannis, 30 points per game? Or Booker being efficient from the field every single game? What would that mean? Like, he shoots over... He, I'd say probably 50% from the field. Above thirty-seven percent from Booker the average is like forty-six percent from the field, I think. Yeah. So and it, I mean, to am I being asked be what efficient. do I feel like is more likely to happen? Or no, no, no. Just no. What, what, like, feel? what do you? What, what, what do you? What are you riding okay. with? Like, right. what, what would, would you rather have? Let me, let me mull it over there, but you guys can go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I'm feeling, man. Okay. I'm feeling Booker being efficient, and the reason I say that is because I saw it, you saw it, Quinn saw it. The man can drop 70 in a game. Yes, he can. If he's doing that type of stuff in the finals, sure, it's going to be a quick series for Phoenix, man. They might have to bring out the gentleman's sweep if they can get Booker efficient enough from the field every game. We can't be having that 4 of 16 or whatever he Three shot. 3 of 14. 3 of 14 with only 10 points in 29 minutes. Yeah, he didn't play the last 12 minutes of, of Game 3. Yeah, they benched him. I mean, partly because they were down, but also, like, if he literally is bringing nothing. He he wasn't I also much don't know table. his turnover stats, but I'm sure they he had to be turning the ball over, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's that's not just... not just getting benched, he's not hitting shots. Yeah, that's just how it's going to be with ball-dominant players. You're, you're going to create turnovers. You're going to have them. I think that I would also go with the Booker efficiency. Because, I mean, like... Like I said, Booker most of the time is not shooting over 50% anyways, but if he could, I think that's where you want to go because Giannis pretty much is always going to score 30. But when, like, Booker shooting over 50% is going to have a, more of an impact on the game, I think, than Giannis scoring mm-hmm. 30 because it's it. expected. Yeah, you've got your 24-year-old. I still don't know how old he is. 24, 25? Booker? Yeah. He's 24. Okay. You've still you got a 24-year-old guard who, if he can be efficient on the grandest stage of them all, you're going to get players like Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, maybe even Jay Crowder. You're going to get them. It's going to light a fire under their bum, mm-hmm. and they're going to want to play a lot better because they know that that kid is playing for them, and he is wanting to win more than anything else. Yeah, I think it's not really talked about a lot, but NBA role players are going to thrive off how their stars are playing. Yeah. Like, they, since the star is the leader of the team and not just a face, like, they... If they're not playing well or don't look like they're in the game, then your role players are not going to follow suit. Yeah, if the star like, player's you energy... You have to be on top of that. The star player's energy radiates, and it radiates to the role players. And what attitude they bring, what efficiency they bring, what mood they bring is going to affect how they feel. I agree. Quinn, what do you think? Well, just going back to your answer, Garrett, I'm confused because you said that Giannis can get 30 points a game easily, but you feel better about 
Devin Booker shooting a good percentage. I'm just still confused by the question, I think. Okay, let me but, explain my answers, and I'll explain the question. Well, I just to save us some time, well, I'll just... A quick okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's your guys' show. Go ahead. Uh, a quick explanation. Giannis is going to score 30 where they win or lose. Okay. So that's why I don't so think... you're he, not feeling that. So I'm not feeling that. Okay. Devin Booker shooting bad, they lose most of the time. Now, if it was a Chris Middleton 30 points per game, I'd be you feeling that. you have got to feel it. Because that's going to win them every single game in yeah, the series. So that's why I think Booker efficiency for the field matters, because they win when he shoots efficiently. Right, and I mean Devin or yeah Devin Booker needs to shoot well. We saw what happens when he doesn't, he doesn't shoot, and so Giannis exactly. had a forty point or thirty point game in but game he two. Forty two, and they lost. And they lost. So I guess I would be feeling Devin Booker. Well, that's not the right way to say it, but I'm feeling <laughs> Devin Booker scoring uh, a lot. Oh a lot man! Than, than uh, Giannis. All right, last. Uh, are you feeling it? Question of the day, and then we'll close out the episode. Uh, would you rather have production from Mikael Bridges or P.J. Tucker? Man. Oh, that's a tough one. And the like problem, I, the problem I, is we, decide, we dissected it. Like, yeah, like I want to say Mikael Bridges because I like him more. He's younger. He's in a starting position. Uh, but so is P.J. Tucker. They're essentially the same player. Mikael Bridges is just 10 years version. younger. Or eleven years younger. I mean, imagine, imagine we go to we watch game four tomorrow night and PJ Tucker scores twenty. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Like I whatsoever. Know. I don't either, but I'm just saying, what if what if he just gets hot from the corner? He's he can. Yeah. He has the ability to, he's no different. Oh yeah. This offense could fit that in if they needed to. I think with with almost the guaranteed scoring from Giannis. And, you know, you got Drew Holiday, and you got Chris Middleton, and you even got Brooke Lopez, and you got Bobby Portis. You've got all those people that will more than likely score. I think I'm feeling Mikkel Bridges because what he does matters in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, P.J. Tucker scored seven points in every single finals game. No one really bats an eye. You know, that's like normal P.J. Tucker stuff. You know what I mean? But Mikkel Bridges, you get him on fire... I feel like that, well, like I said about Devin Booker's energy, it, I feel like Mikel Bridges, his increased gameplay and his increased efficiency and just his increased overall level of play will radiate to his entire team. And then you got Cam Johnson stepping up. You got Cam Payne stepping up. You got, Dar- well, no, Dario Sarge is injured. He was stepping up. Yeah, he was. And uh, I just think if I had to pick one, if I had to feel one, I'd say Mikael Bridges all day. I'm going Mikael Bridges too. We don't have to explain it. We've talked about him enough. He just brings, he has a higher ceiling than PJ Tucker at this point, and that's about it. I mean, he, that's that's just how, that's how yeah. their, their offense runs through Mikael Bridges at some length, yeah. at some point. Is it production? There's production, just simply production. Yeah. I mean, what else What else do you need PJ Tucker to do other than get his seven points? Like, he got yeah. his. I don't right? know. That's true. And, from watching the games, he's he's your typical glue guy where he's out there like batting a ball over to another teammate. He doesn't necessarily get the credit for a rebound or anything like that, but he's doing yeah. all the stuff, all the dirty work. He's the passing the eye test. Yeah. So I, I think I'll go ahead and go against you guys and say PJ Tucker a lot more important than you think to the Suns, and I'm I'm feeling PJ or yeah the Suns. Hey, did he was on the Suns at one point? That's yeah, true. He was there. But PJ Tucker, I'm feeling his production. All right. Well, I believe that is it, and that is a wrap on the Press Breaker Podcast, Episode 2. 
And next week, we will be back uh, as well with a release on Friday. Talking about, you know, probably final stuff. Maybe, It'll you be know. over by then. Yeah. We'll get to really dissect how it went Hopefully, down. yeah. We'll do a whole in-depth breakdown. Might go through every game. Might not. You know, you never know. Anyway, guys, I do hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider checking out more of our stuff. Check out All You Need to Know. They got good podcasts. They got good merch. They got good socials. They got good remixes of your favorite pop songs like What's Poppin'. Mm. Uh, Some very good parodies. Yeah, we yeah just, very just good recently parodies. recently released an album on SoundCloud. So very Parody exciting. album is 10 out of 10. Yeah. Very 10 out of 10. Anyway, guys, follow me on TikTok. TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at ArsonXL. Follow me on Twitter at ArsonXL. Follow me on Instagram, Arsenal on YT. Follow Garrett on Instagram, underscore Garrett Howe, underscore. I'm sorry, Quinn, I don't know your socials. You don't have to follow me on anything. Uh, Yeah, I don't feel bothered. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Just follow the Press Breaker social. Yeah, follow Press Breaker on Twitter, man. Press underscore Breaker. Follow that ish, man. We're posting content. I tried posting a video on who I thought was going to win game two the other day, and it never went through because I have an iPhone 8. I have a home button. Um, anyway, guys, yeah, hope you enjoy it. Stay safe. Hope you're back here next week, and uh, we'll see you later.